Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sean Michaels using a computer, Mark. <laughs> Wrestle me, Mark. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of... Was it AOL? AOL, yeah. AOL me, Pete. AOL me, Mark. <laughs> there was a lot of AOL chat in this uh, episode of um, WrestleMania episode. I, I do remember when they first brought in the internet, seeing mm. an icon on wrestling things and going I'd really like the internet <laughs> I'd, re- I'd really like to I wanna, share I wanna, my uh, opinions of wrestling I want to get on CompuServe I want to log on to <laughs> BowieNet and learn about what David Bowie's are I about. could download a free picture of Sonny <laughs> <laughs> this will be amazing <laughs> I used to um, sexy ladies I used to um, uh, because you're on a very limited um, slow internet connection mm. and you know it took a long time to get JPEGs down uh, or GIFs and I used to print them out um, and keep them <laughs> under my bed and one time because uh, I was a teenager, and one time I left them, I think, on my bed. Either I left them on the bed... Or, or there mom, were so many of them that the bed had got a bit wobbly. My mum had either laid them out to me to prove that I was a pervert. <laughs> the things my mum must have seen. But just that kind of white shock of um, half printing out a, a dirty picture um, and your dad coming down the stairs. That is... And printers, if you turn them on, turn them back on again, they just restart. That is a just risky continue. strategy. Yeah. You are locking yourself in for a time there. <laughs> that seems like bad news. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I used to have a uh, Amiga disc. Yes. That, uh, some pixelated pornography yes. starring... What's the Italian lady who, who was a politician, a far-right politician as well? La, La Ciccolina or... Oh, Lola Ferrari, the one with no, the... No. No, no, no. The one who do... married Jeff Coon the pop artist. <laughs> right, okay. No, this I this podcast is it's both highbrow and very lowbrow. Sewage. Yeah, Jeff Boy Coons. Sewage. Anyway, there were pictures of his wife doing it. And <laughs> you, it was on a floppy disk that I'd, I'd had labelled. And I had that thing of, my parents had no interest in the Amiga. No they interest, They wouldn't not, know yeah. how it worked. No. So instead of writing, you know, anything on it, I remember writing um, New Zealand Story 4. <laughs> <laughs> a game that I don't even think got to two. A game that was not invented. <laughs> so I would always know and they'd never find and it. And every time I see a little yellow kiwi bird, <laughs> I, I, I have little... sex with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, it was so in its infancy that, that not only were they black and white, they weren't even photographs, they mm. were, uh, someone had done code, so it was oh, just so it was like white kind blocks, of art. Right. Oh, you Jesus, know, that had all been put together what a me- to make a picture. 
of yeah. people having sex. And I remember there were also speech bubbles in it. And one of the speech bubbles said, Fickety Prego, which I believe <laughs> means fuck me well. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Amiga. Thank you, Amiga. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, there were some great wrestling games on the Amiga. You would have enjoyed. Uh, mm. I don't remember a single one. You ought to be on Rampage again. Okay. And there was a WrestleMania one. They were actually terrible. I, th- I seem to remember they were those joystick wagglers, you know. Oh, oh yeah, because you had to, like, get out of a hold and stuff yeah. and all that business, yeah. That I've was, never uh, fancied the wrestling games, but I think I'd probably get more out of them now. I remember yeah. there was a Legends of Wrestling one that was released. I went to, like, the launch of it a few years ago, and uh, one of the wrestlers you could unlock was, like, Under the Giant, but they'd given him, like, abs. Yes. It just looked yeah, weird. It's, that, that we, is, we know that, Under the Giant. That is abs. not an enjoyable game to play. The one that everyone <laughs> talks about is No Mercy on right. the I think it's on the N64 okay. that's, that's the, the, that the classic wrestling game is that like the game. Tony Hawk Pro Skater for, uh, for wrestling fans I, I, it no must, Mercy. if you say so <laughs> I have no idea but I, I was really into um, Smackdown 2 on the PS1 okay. that was just a nice smooth flowing Crazy game, mm. beautiful stuff. Lovely. There's a beautiful. There's a special edition of the t- um, 2K, whatever the I guess 2K19 or whatever. It, yeah, blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, and um, there's a Ric Flair special edition. And I watched this advert. I, I, it never got to show me any of the gameplay because I was like, oh, I know who Ric Flair is now. Mm. But it just kept on going about Ric Flair. And you could buy a special edition <laughs> version of the game that has one of his um, flowery um, uh, robes. robes, one of his flowery robes um, cut up into little pieces. And the special right. edition has. Uh, a little square of an actual Ric Flair robe, which seems... How many of these have they made? Well, quite How a many lot. robes have they got left? I, I, I mean, I own a couple of those cards, and when they first brought them out, everyone was so excited, oh, and what, they would have the ring, bits. like the ring canvas, or yes. they'd have, this is uh, a Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin T-shirt worn mm. at an event. Okay. I mean, very easy to yeah. do yeah. that. Yeah, if you want, yeah, if you wanted to. I mean, if you had a lab, a DNA lab, yeah. and you found no trace... I mean, there are... There's, there's a lot of Chinese DNA on this. <laughs> a lot of Taiwanese I, DNA. This is virgin cotton. <laughs> um, I, I wanted it to have touched the rock's belly. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I did notice, actually, um, All In, uh, mm. Jay Lethal came yes, out uh, okay. in the character of Black Machismo, where he, he does a very, very good impression of Randy Savage. Mm. So he began doing it in the ring with all the mannerisms and only doing Randy Savage's moves. Oh, wonderful. As a sort of great thing. So he's called Black Machismo. But he'd borrowed one of Randy Savage's actual costumes. Oh, nice. And they said it was borrowed off a wealthy collector. <laughs> and I thought, mm, not that wealthy. I mean, <laughs> it, what, a, a, He's a, renting out a robes from a wrestler. man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have a look immediately afterwards to see if you could buy any Randy Savage stuff. And there, there was, uh, before he died, they, he obviously did a sale. Mm. And there were some iconic pieces of, <laughs> like, WrestleMania 8, the, the whole costume. And they oh went for about a God. grand. That's that's annoying. $1,000. I remember when I was at university, Mussolini's hat went up for auction. <laughs> and it was like four grand. And I was like, that's my lawn. Really? I could have bought Mussolini's hat. <laughs> like his famous pot pie hat. Yeah. He wore that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not necessarily the horse to get behind. No. No, I'm not saying I'm a Mussolini fan. <laughs> you I'm want not, to wear the hat. I'm just... You I, want to get the hat to powers. Nice, just a nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't blame the hat, all right? Don't blame the fucking hat. The hat was a willing collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Hitler's moustache, you can't do that anymore. No. But the hat, you can still wear it. <laughs> a four grand hat. I could have four Randy Savage outfits for that. <laughs> Which are, let me tell you, 
unwearable. There is there is no situation where you could wear that bloke who was like, oh, you know, I bet. Oh, he, oh of course you can borrow Randy Savage's outfit. You don't want to buy it, do you? No, no, it's all right, mate. We'll just borrow it. We'll, one rent, night for we'll free. rent it. We'll yeah. Rent it. All right, okay, because you could buy it. I mean, you know, it's just sitting there in the wardrobe. Because my wife has strong opinions about it. <laughs> and I mean, if I've bought this, I've clearly bought other stuff that's expensive and actually not that useful. Man, I, I would buy it off him in a heartbeat. Oh, I'd like a pair of Dusty Rhodes' boots. Yeah, that'd be good. I bet they'd stink. Pokemon beans. <laughs> both of them. Rich, they managed to smell. They managed to smell like both pork and beans. <laughs> Depending on the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> the original global hypercolour, but for smells. <laughs> I saw a guy, I think I've, I've mentioned it before, but I saw a guy <laughs> just like in, in Holloway coming off a bus and he had one of the vintage WWE. Uh, bags that Andre uses at WrestleMania one to throw oh, the money out. Oh, the really cheap looking. Rotters. You can't find them for anywhere anymore. Really? He went off with that, and he was. I didn't look like he was a wrestling fan. He just looked like some bloke who bought this. At a, not even a hipster. Oh right. He was just like a guy who who looked like he Get sort his of tools in it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you sort of went. Oh, I need a bag to go to the swimming pool. <laughs> you know, and I put my stuff in it. And I, I, I mean, it was just full of mad this, with these it? dollars. Must hey be, mate, hey be mate, you selling that bag? This bag. Wonder <laughs> if you're selling the bag. No. What? I mean. Feel free to email in WrestleMePod at G. No, is it, is it WrestleMePod at gmail.com? No, it's um, sure at WrestleMePod.com. Uh, sure at WrestleMePod.com. If you've ever either bought something from a random person on the street <laughs> or bought anything from someone in the street. Yeah. Not, we're not, not the guy with the fucking speakers. Yeah. That end up being a big bag of potatoes. We're talking just something a bit weird. I, I actually, uh, a Russian man came up to me in a uh, London uh, drinks bar mm. uh, and he said, I like your lighter. Mm. I said, oh, <laughs> thank you. And it was a clipper, which are, they're just <laughs> ones you get at the news agent. Yeah. But this one had pictures of ice creams on it. And I said, oh, right, yeah, okay. I hadn't really looked at it. I said, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, I said, do you want it? He said, yes. He said, yes, I do. I said, well, you can have it. He said, I must pay for it. I said, no, no, you don't, you don't have to pay for it. He said, I want, I will pay for it. I don't take anything free. I said, okay, well, um, I said, oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's like it's like 40p. Didn't you give him like a cigarette as well? Yeah. Didn't he get a free cigarette as yeah. well? Yeah, and he gave, me, he gave me 50 quid. <laughs> That's fair do, isn't it? That is fair do. <laughs> I was very pleased. So if you're that Russian guy, it's like that's like your Macho Man costume. <laughs> I got this stupid light on ice cream. Not even refillable. Maybe one day they do a match and somebody needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Michaels using a computer, Mark. Oh, so exciting. He A big, thick... Probably a compact. Oh, it looks like a paving slab. <laughs> it, it looks so heavy batteries, and dense. Batteries are so heavy. It is the size there. of a, like, thickness of a loaf of bread. And then mm. that, a tiny little screen, which you can't <laughs> see, but you know is small. And credit to Sean Michaels. He has that thing of going... I don't know what this old shit is. <laughs> this, this, this online bollocks. I, I'm not going to learn. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to my mates by going, hmm, look at this. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Proper good. Uh, the future. You once gave me a uh, laptop to fix, and I, I couldn't did. fix my it. My Sony Zoyo. Mm. Now, that was a good-looking 90s laptop. Mm. Beautiful. That was a sweet one. It had a so handle bad. on the back. Uh, that sort of swivelled up. It was really well designed. Mm. I imagine that's uh, worth quite a lot of money nowadays, even if it's broken. I think I might have thrown it in the bin. I'm really sorry, Mark. Oh, I'll maybe God. give it a <laughs> <laughs> try. He melted down the handle. The handle was quite rigid. I was quite, oh, that's a good old handle. Murder someone with it. I hope you didn't look at my pictures of Jeff Coon's wife on there. 
Oh, wow. So the next match, um, after Shawn Michaels in cyberspace, as they called it, uh, it's Owen Hart and the British Bulldog versus Mankind and Vader. Paul Bearer's here. He is. He is a cheating on the Undertaker. He doesn't do very much in this, does he? But he just pulls a face that's very good as they he come in. He does a little wink, bringing his boys out, and I just yeah. thought, I bet his fucking house smells a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a man whose house stinks. He really does. Stinks. And loads of dog hair. <laughs> Greasy dog hair. And you'll go, oh, what dog is it? And he'll go, there's no dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a coyote might have died in the roof space. <laughs> what was a coyote doing in the roof? I don't know. <laughs> it was oh. probably attracted to the meat. <laughs> what What meat? Oh, you've, oh. I've said too much. <laughs> Off you go. It's horrible. What is that? An industrial tub of meat? <laughs> <laughs> Dead men tell no tales. What's that on the wall? Swafiga. <laughs> Just loads of Swafiga. Are those policemen coming in? Oh, I suspect so. <laughs> oh, it would be smart move from them, I imagine. <laughs> those boys are going to see some stuff. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be here for weeks. My record is three policemen vomiting. <laughs> he's, uh, he's now looking after mankind, uh, Mick Foley. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Wow. Woo. Whoa. Woof. I think I've got a chest infection. I think it's... I th- everyone seems to be ill this week. It's the slight <sighs> dip in the weather yeah. and everyone's gone... <laughs> <laughs> If you're not from uh, England, this is what happens. Yeah, it really is. It's the times of the season. (laughs) We all vomit. I just vomit for three weeks. Uh, Mankind Mick Foley, this is uh, his first WrestleMania. Yeah, so he's a big swinging deal, isn't he? He is. In the game. It's huge. Mm. Again, another man that really changes the business. Again, not a man who, like, every time, I keep on getting told that Mick Foley changed everything. Yeah. And I've seen him being thrown off that fucking ridiculous cage. Yeah. But I just sort of got, I don't, he doesn't look like the sort of man... It's weird, isn't it? It's weird, like, the, the people who have such a big effect. Yep. But they just... They look like, you know... Foley man has who, it for, for a couple of reasons. One is he's one of the few wrestlers who is a genuine fan of wrestling. He grows up a fan. Right. And he becomes a wrestler without knowing anyone in wrestling. A lot of people were second generation or they were college stars. Mm. Mick, Re- Mick Foley was a wrestling fan. <laughs> Mick wrestler. Mick wrestling. Mick, Mick wrestling. Foley fan O. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was a proper wrestling fan and mm. he loved the sport which a lot of wrestlers don't really do. Yeah. It's just a job they do. But Mick Foley was, was, was a passionate fan. Right. And he is a passionate fan. Um, he, this wasn't his first WWF match. He'd started back in the 80s, in 1986, oh. as enhancement talent. Right. And there's, he was on the very first episode of Superstars, the syndicated weekly show, where you'd see the big stars take on some jobbers, mm. ham and eggers, as they used to call them. <laughs> and they'd beat them quickly, but show off their moves, mm. and then, you know, it, it, we, life carried on. It's putting over when you when you make someone win, sort of thing. Yes, right. yeah. So, so in, in in Foley's first match, he was teamed with a guy called Les Thornton, who was a British wrestler, mm. uh, renowned and sort of you know admired. And so Les Thornton didn't really do any of the work, and Foley was in the match, and the Bulldogs beat the shit out of him. Dynamite Kid ended the match by giving him a clothesline that actually broke Mick Foley's jaw. Wow. He wasn't sure whether or not it was intentional. It seems like it could well have been. It was Dynamite Kid in nineteen. 19- 86 <laughs> he was attacking everything um so he he had this this 
career that had taken him from USWA, which was uh, down in sort of the Memphis and Texas areas mm. where he'd wrestled CWA. And then he finally got to WCW where he was wrestling as a, as a wrestler called Cactus Jack. Yes. And he did really well down there. He ended up having some sort of main events and he was famous for a move where he, he would run off the ring apron onto the floor with an elbow drop onto a downed opponent. Mm. And at the time, no one had really seen stuff like that before. Mm. It was quite a sort of big, impressive move. Um, he had a really good series with Vader. Hard-hitting, violent. And it culminated in, in Germany in a house show where Vader threw uh, Foley over the ropes. And as he went, Foley got his head caught in the ropes. Ooh. The ropes were tighter than they should have been. And to get him out, to stop him actually sort of just Dying. being choked to death, uh, Vader pulled the ropes apart and it tore off Mick Foley's ear. So he had uh, most of his ear missing and still is missing. So he was seen as being someone who had a high threshold of pain and there was a legitimacy to what he did as a result because he couldn't really fake a lot of the violent moves Mm. and he was actually, you know, you could see his ear, you know, wrestling's fake, but he lost an ear, that sort of thing. So an easy sort of comeback. And he he ended up leaving WCW. He was going to have reconstructive surgery on the ear to rebuild it Mm. and they asked him to come back in to do a, uh, a match with Vader. And he went back in. They did a match. It was really hard hitting. He actually got sort of hurt in it again. (laughs) And when he listened back to the match on commentary, they didn't mention a thing about his ear on the commentary. They were just like, oh, Vader's smashing up Cactus Jack and, you know, isn't Vader great and everything. Mm. And he was like, they have no respect for me, so I'm off. Uh So he went through the independence. And one of the things he did was he went to Japan. Mm. He's obviously a huge fan. People like Bruiser Brody, who had huge Japanese careers, and Terry Funk, he was being compared to them as brawlers. He was a good Mm. brawler. And he went over there and had a series of matches with Terry Funk for uh, an organisation called the IWA. And these were the king of the death matches. And they were one of the big tape trading tapes that would go around. Mm. And they were insanely violent matches right. that would be barbed wire, sometimes C4 explosives, <laughs> light on bulbs. Come Honestly, on. What was it? Yeah, but what was it actually? Let, let Marzipan. Me, what was it actually? What? It was small amounts of C4 explosives. Oh, what? They would actually blow stuff up? So they would throw you into the ropes, and if you were on the right bit, you'd hit the C4 and it would blow up. And people's bodies would fall off, and their bodies would be smoldering. It, it, Jesus. It was just... It, they, they were, the people who did it were, were people like um, uh, Atsushi Anita and a wing cannon they were these guys who prided themselves on being able to take pain and mm. to bleed buckets. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, after all these years of watching it on grainy sort of videos, <laughs> and uh, there was a DVD release of it that was called the Legendary Japanese Tournament, things like that. You know, so you've seen them in okay quality. Mm. You can go to Amazon Prime, and Amazon <laughs> Prime have a compilation of Foley's matches with Funk in these death matches. And I watched one last week. They are absolutely... I mean, just jaw-dropping. Just (laughs) jaw-dropping. Watching Terry Funk just bleed and, you know, I mean, they look like they're both going into shock. It is is amazing. But he became a huge cult favourite. And when he came back to the WWF, he was always super violent. How would you fit in? Mm. Vince McMahon met him and he really liked him. Mick Foley was really and is really intelligent and witty and charming. Mm. And so the monster that he portrayed turned out behind the scenes, he's this really avuncular, nice, professional guy. And so Vince McMahon really took a... a, He really warmed to him. So Foley's first big feud was with The Undertaker. 
He was sort of a creature of the night, mm. hence why he ends up with Paul Bearer. That was part of the storyline. Right, okay, yeah. uh, when he first went in, um, they showed him the gimmick they had. It was going to be a, 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 a mask on his face, half Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four, half Hannibal Lecter. And they popped it on and he went, your name is going to be Mason the Mutilator. And Foley was like, that sounds absolutely shit. <laughs> so he thought, he had M in his head, Mutilator Moore. And he went, well, can I, can I, uh, what, uh, what about the name Ma- Mankind? And Vince was like, oh, I like that. Like, you're the dark sort of, you're, you're, you're all of like, us. You're, yeah, you're mankind. everything. You're mankind. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Yes. And so it went with that. Ah. Um, Foley is mankind for, for a while, but then they begin bringing things back as, as it moves on into from his past. So he, he portrayed a character when he was a, a sort of teenager doing wrestling in his back garden in a little film he made, and that became a character he played in WWF, Dude Love. And then they brought back the Cactus Jack character, mm. that the idea that Foley had this split sort of personality. It was really nicely handled. Mm. And Foley became so popular that he ended up becoming the WWF champion. Um, famously, there was a, a thing on WCW where Eric Bischoff had said... Don't don't bother turning over to watch Raw on uh, tonight because they just made Mick Foley their champion, and he went, "That's going to put butts in seats." And there was a huge turnover to the WWF at that moment. <laughs> People loved Foley, and I think that was also the first week where the decline of WCW against WWF finally happens. Right. So ah. Foley is a really popular guy. The thing that he does is he writes in I think about two thousand. He writes, um, "Have a nice day." which is his autobiography, mm. and it tops the New York Times bestsellers list. And again, that was one of the key things for me in getting back into wrestling, yeah. is I read that and the, the stories behind it from someone as well who you thought of as being, you know, a bit of a sort of, you know, animal. Mm. And then there was this beautiful book about travel and about it was funny and it was sweet. Mm. And, you know, you, you really got an impression of the real McFoley. And it was a funny balancing act they did. He's a unique character. Mm. And he's still working today. I mean, he was in Hell in the Cell. He was the, the special referee. Yeah. And then there was a stand-up special that he did afterwards called 20 Years of Hell uh, about that. But it's, it, he's just exciting. Again, mm. you wouldn't watch this WrestleMania and see him and go, he's going to be one of the people who are going to be at the top of this business in the next two years. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, again, it's one of those just busy kind of matches that doesn't... Ends in a fucking yeah. count-out as well. <clears throat> you know, what's the point? If you're at WrestleMania, do you know what? Have a winner and have a loser. <laughs> don't just have <laughs> it, oh, well, we can carry this on another time. <laughs> yeah, why don't you? McMahon says that uh, Vader's in good shape. I just, we've thought about his mask before. I think he's just got a bigger mask. So he doesn't have those, <laughs> the face boobs. It's not all pushing through no, like yeah. a Play-Doh. I quite liked, um, uh, there's a couple of decent uh, fat jokes from uh, Lawler. Um, the only time Vader's seen Nano Tumor is on the scales. It works. <laughs> I like that. And, yeah. A date-specific joke as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, needing a bookmark to find his chin. I mean, that is, uh, you know. It's good. It's, just, you know, it's all right, weird, right? slightly yeah. sort of bizarre. <laughs> I wonder if he'd be saying that to Vader in, in private. <laughs> no, I imagine he would. Oh, dear. Uh, we come on to the next match, then. I've, I've, I don't know what, how that picture has found its way onto my, uh, <laughs> onto my running order, but You've it has. a big picture of Blue Blazer there. Yeah. He does I, like a combination between Owen Hart and Vader. <laughs> I don't know what is... that particular one. I don't know what is... Um, I mean, that's a promo shot. Why can't... Why just... <laughs> He died in that. I know. <laughs> Fucking it's, awful. It is. Uh, I, I actually find it really hard to watch that. Mm. Uh, as in, look at those pictures. Look at those pictures. Yeah. I, I, just because you, I, I do. I do think that he you doesn't know, deserve that. He doesn't no. deserve that suit. And you look at him smiling, and going, "Is this going to help me <laughs> get the big house and yeah. get home?" And ah, mm. oh, man. Yeah. Every time. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> hey. Bah. <laughs> 
This is the real main event, Mark Hayes. Isn't it? It's Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in an I Quit match. Oh, oh. It, it starts with Brett Hart swearing loads. Doesn't it? Bleeping it out, but he's still swearing. I think that was an in your house, uh, and he is... Not, there's a sweary man in my house. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> That's you, you big silly. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, 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 they know it's going to be a big match, this one, because yeah. they've got a, a good package, as you say. Uh, There's a really heavy voiceover mm. where they have Steve Austin, like a false prophet, he spews forth his rhetoric. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a bit heavy-handed. And also, like, compared to what I last saw in WrestleMania 12, yeah. like, just, you know, nothing really happens. He's not, he's really found his, you know... Hasn't he? 316, hasn't and he it just... is 316, Mark. It's not 318 <laughs> or 312, like what you said last time. Um, 316 uh, gimmick. Um, uh, yeah, it's really, it's just everywhere. It in, is. In the, in the stands, the, people the, just... The crowd um, the, are yeah. already split yeah. when they come in. And this is, this is the hardest thing. I don't think it's ever been, has it been done? since can't think a double turn yeah Bret Hart comes in as the good guy Austin yeah. is the bad guy and when they leave Austin is the good guy and Hart is the bad guy isn't that incredible and it's done so beautifully and I think in this, and, we, and we spoke oh. about the coverage team not being the best but I think in this case they were really good because I think they got everything yeah. across uh, uh, do you know I think I think part of that is the match doesn't give them a chance to piss around yeah because I, I, th- I honestly I watched this opening minute the opening minute of this mm. they're in the ring and then they're in the crowd and the opening minute of this I think is probably the best opening ma- minute of any match I've ever seen in my life yeah. they legitimately don't seem to like each other <laughs> they do though that's the perfect sort of brilliance of wrestling <laughs> there was there was uh, Ken Shamrock had said it was one of those matches he's the guest referee yeah he said it was one of those matches where they had to say to each other apologies in advance because when we get in there we're going to knock seven shades of shit out of each other yeah. and that's what they proceed to do yeah. this is two guys and it's a brilliant thing where Austin knows he is on the up and up and up mm. and there's, and he knows if he plays it right he is going to be the face of the WWE mm. Bret Hart meanwhile is not happy about giving that up. And so he is going to go, well, you've got to get past me, and I'm going to put on such a performance that for you to become the top guy is going to become difficult because I'm going to be snapping at your heels. And the, the, the real and the fake in this match come together in a way that is just... absolutely amazing. Mm. The, The way that they do it. This match was largely laid out by Bret Hart. And so when they get in the ring, Austin is just... They're, they're doing it on the fly, right. essentially. This isn't worked out in great detail. Okay. The only thing that's worked out is the ending, where mm. Austin ends up being a sharpshooter, uh, and he passes out rather than give mm. up. And that, that was Vince McMahon's work. And Austin had come to him and said, I, are you sure this is going to work? After about 15 minutes, having been told. He said, are you sure this is going to work? And Vince McMahon was just like, I am absolutely 100% sure you will be fine. And it plays to perfection. Yeah, um, Helped very much by the um, rather deep cut, uh, the deep blading yeah. job um, he gets. Because it, it, it's, it's Brett that blades Austin. It is, yeah. Because there's a moment where he gets out where... Because um, you can see him going for the blade. Cause I, I, this is my favourite. I, I think yeah. I like you, blading. You love blading. I love blading because it, cause it's... The, the craft of it is so fascinating. It's an art that where else are you going to need this art? <laughs> and for people to do it so well, I know you love it. You I love it. I just, love it. I don't, I don't know where... I, I was trying to figure out where he'd kept the blade and all that stuff. Mm. But then... but. 
coming out, like Steve Austin coming out of the ring, knowing another man was going to be entrusted to cut his yeah. not fucking nick an artery, is a is an amazing bit of work, really. Like, oh. it, like it, knowing he was going about to get cut by a man, and I know it's only a small nick, but fuck me, the blood. There's a point where he's getting, he's in the, um, is it a sharpshooter? The, the thing yes, that he's yeah, he's in a sharpshooter, and. He's shaking his head around, and he lifts up his head, and there's a spurt yeah. of blood. He loses so much blood in this match. Absolutely. The the, the actual blading <laughs> itself is, is they there was a no-blood policy yeah. in the WWE at the time. But Vince must have had this down. If he's no. going to be in a sharpshooter and he's going to pass out. No. Really? No, there was never going to be any blood. Fuck There off. was not supposed to be blood. So the reason Austin doesn't blade himself, and he was never a big bleeder, certainly mm. at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. He bleeds later in the career. Mm. But he was never a big bleeder in the early days. Yeah. The reason Bret Hart blades him is because Steve Austin said, politically, I was not going to go against the boss. But Bret Hart was such a big star. Yeah. If he went, yeah, I bladed him. Vince McMahon isn't going to get me in trouble. Mm. So... That was why Brett did it. Right. And he talks about the blading. And this is what you'll love because it's exactly that, that thing of the art of it. He said, this was a surgeon general. He said... Um, <laughs> Brett, who, is the, who is this? This is, this is Austin this speaking. Austin, right. Yeah. Uh, Brett did it and he did it so quickly. You never see him do the cut on the forehead. He gives me a couple of rabbit punches and then he gives me a big right hand. And when he gives me that big right hand, I do a big swing with my head and splatter blood all over Jerry Lawler's notes. <laughs> Being bald, it really works for me and it's a great visual. I don't know how Brett hit the spot that he hit, but it wasn't a gusher. It wasn't anything that needed stitches. It wasn't anything severe. It was just absolute perfection. <laughs> that You're talking about a man cutting your head. <laughs> with his, but they do it. They do it. And, and again, the art, they do it one foot away from Vince. So they do it when they throw them just into... Yeah, uh, uh, I think Tony Chimmel falls over yeah, again. again. This is a running <laughs> WrestleMania thing now. Um, and they... Because uh, he goes into the barrier, doesn't he? That's and, right. And, and he sort of has, But he's bleeding in front of a lot of kids. That's the yeah, best thing. It, he's cutting a man's head right in front of a lot of kids. Absolutely. And, and, but he's doing it in front of their boss who doesn't want the blade yeah that's the thing the second that vince sees the the blood mm. is he on does the a screen, bit of he does a bit of speech he sort of goes yeah. i would suggest that this could be the end of the match and you can tell that he doesn't know quite what's happened but he fucking thinks he you know he must do mm, yeah but when they cut to austin bleeding and it shows out on the big screen in the place mm. the place erupts yeah. and it's just a big cheer of excitement mm. and he must have heard that and, and Vince just, just went eh, yeah I might let this slide let this one <laughs> slide it's just it's just I mean it's it's a beautiful match yeah. there's, there's so much drama in it it's mm. basically two bits they have the big brawl and then they go into the ring and once they're in the ring Bret Hart just begins dismantling Austin mm. he's so aggressive in this he's so aggressive mm. and he's aggressive throughout this Wrestlemania but it's just it's just brilliant how People begin turning on him because they're like, God, you're really taking this man apart in the ring yeah. and you're doing it with sort of anger and hatred. And they love and they Austin begin, because he can just take it. He's just taking it and, and still get, trying to get up. Yeah, yeah. They, you always root for the underdog. Mm. And they begin shifting. And by the time Austin is... I mean, Austin is doing, you know, heel moves. Yeah. He, he, he stamps on Bret Hart's groin, at mm. which point they cut to Bret Hart's daughter, and she has just she's got crying. her hands over her face. She's very young. She's about seven. <laughs> she's legitimately crying. Jerry Lawler. It's the one joke that's in the thing, is Jerry Lawler <laughs> just goes... I think she's covering her face up because she's so ugly. It's like, King, not now. <laughs> not now. She's this crying. is... She's literally crying. <laughs> yeah. But it's... I, I, I mean... 
Oh God! When when that that point where Austin is, uh, you know, he's in the sharpshooter and the blood is pouring mm. down. And partly, if you, I think it's if you hold your breath yeah. and slightly sort of push, your, your more blood will come out. But yeah. I, when you're bent in half anyway, and you've just done twenty minutes and you're pushing up, your blood is going to come down. But it starts dripping off, and there's a bit where it goes down between you know over his teeth and it's just like stuck on his teeth that ended up becoming the i think think it was the sleeve for this wrestlemania oh really they were that proud of it you know that that (laughs) iconic moment and then austin goes out and you know ken shamrock you know uh, rings the bell jim ross is just shouting he never gave up he never gave up Mm. um it is so much better than I even remembered. I know it's <laughs> this is the classic match, right? But I I couldn't believe the aggression, the actual. <laughs> it looked like two people who had a it's simple wrestling, two people who had a grudge, and they just collide, and one of them has to beat the other. And Jesus Christ, do they look like they're they're mm. doing it when they go into the crowd. The, the crowd, no one's sort of like, oh, this is fun. Everyone's like, whoa. Yeah, because I'd never seen anything like that before because they go really deep. I'd seen, you know, people flirting with them, but like, yeah. it goes really deep. This is, this Austin's is, grabbing fucking drinks off a train, like fucking yep. slamming it. You this know what is I mean? ECW's like, influence. This yeah. is going out into the crowd. Right. It's a funny thing. You see the guys in the, in the orange jackets mm. who are trying to stop the crowd touching everyone. Mm. But actually, the crowd, I mean, they aren't touching they're trying to get out of the way you know these are big lads (laughs) and they are smashing around but god i mean bret hart this is the the match that made austin austin says it's his favorite match of all time austin says he wouldn't have been a world champion had this match not happened right bret hart looks at it and says it's a great match i don't think he's ever said it's his favorite match of all time Mm. it won all of the sort of year-end things dave Meltzer gave it five stars very rare for a wwe match certainly in this era to get that uh, Chris Jericho says it's the, the best match, a uh, WrestleMania match of all time. Mm. Um, Jim Cornette, who is an old NWA star, he said it's his favourite match yeah. of the modern era. And the reason for that is it's like an old NWA serious thing. There's no razzle dazzle, it's just two guys wailing on each other. This is remembered as the match that made Austin a star, but actually, this match. It, Bret Hart is so good in it. Mm. He is so good. He's the one putting it all together. He's the one doing the things that change the narrative. He but, is. But he's he's been amazing. responsible for like some of the better matches just because he knows yeah. what he's doing. You yeah, know and I mean? this like is this is also something which I don't craft. Think, you see this in Wrestling with Shadows, the documentary. He felt very strongly. He liked the whole thing with the, with the young kids as fans, mm. and he liked being a hero. Yeah, and this is him dismantling 10 years of being a good guy mm. and this is the night he's going to do it and Jesus Christ does he not hold back he's <laughs> so good by the time it gets to the end and he as someone sort of said the beauty the art of wrestling here uh, Ken Shamrock who is the, the referee mm. uh, Bret Hart comes back with a chair and he has fucking waffled Steve Austin with a chair through this match. He comes back, I think, with a chair and begins just going to hit him again. And Ken Shamrock does a sort of belly-to-belly judo roll mm. sort of thing to throw Bret Hart mm. off. And the crowd want to see Ken Shamrock and Bret Hart more than anything in the world. <laughs> they want to see that happen. And they square up and Bret Hart just takes a step back and fucks off. Yeah. And that's what a coward does. Yeah. That's what a heel does. And it's just perfection. Everything in microcosm, everything, just the whole thing. Just by, the time the whole... Aust- by the time Bret Hart is walking back, the whole place is booing him. <laughs> and by the time Austin gets back, they're chanting Austin. That is <laughs> perfection. Absolute perfection. Oh, awesome stuff. Uh, worth, so I was saying just really quickly as well, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin 
Uh, he was uh, he based himself on uh, uh, he, he was watching a documentary about a mafia hitman who was called the Iceman. He was known yes. as the Iceman because occasionally for some of his victims he'd put them in deep storage for a right. couple of years, then he'd dump the body, and that way the police couldn't work out when the people had died. Yeah. It was all sort of screwy. Um, he got found because one of the bodies that they were investigating they found it had ice crystals in it, and they realised uh. someone was storing them. He believes he's killed in a career over two hundred people. He was a hitman, but he was also bizarre. Uh, uh, in that he would, this isn't Steve Austin, by the way. <laughs> uh, he would, he would, you know, just essentially pick people at random to mm. kill, and he'd do that. And he sort of was going, "I'll keep my hand," and he's a hit man, you know, just mm. making right, it okay. work. So they'd watched a documentary about him, Steve Austin, and he yeah. was like, "Something about this guy that is a good character." Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, good. And so he studied uh, his mannerisms, mm. and he went. Uh, to Vince McMahon and said, look, you know, I've seen this murder of the Iceman. I'd like to do something like this. And they went, great. We'll start working on a name. And they came up with a list of names that they gave him for the new character, the Iceman character. I've got them written down here. The names they came up with were... So this, what Stone Cold Steve Austin could, could have been called? Yeah, he's based on the uh, serial killer Richard Kuklinski, mm. the Iceman. Um, so the, the office came back with the names... Ice dagger. <laughs> I've now ice daggers <laughs> like one of those things you say when you stab someone and then it melts and then the murder weapon's not there. Ivan the Terrible. Dreadful. Dreadful. Chili McFreeze. Shut up. That was not him. And Fang McFrost. That's right. Those last two you made up. <laughs> so no, no, they're all true. Fang McFrost. The, Fang McFrost. Fang not, McFrost. You did not you swear Fang on McFrost. Three sixteen says the office <laughs> genuinely came up with that. <laughs> Fang McFrost. Fang McFrost. And Chili McFreeze. <sighs> Chili McFreeze. Chili McFreeze. Chili McFreeze. Chili McFreeze. Why the muck? Chili Freeze. The guy's from Austin, Texas. His name is literally Austin. Austin, Texas, right? (laughs) Muck? No, not Muck. Not Muck. He he, he got the Stone Cold name because he was sitting there and he was depressed (laughs) about getting these names. And his wife, Jeannie Clark, was British and she had made him a cup of tea and he was sitting there gloomily and she said to him, just, you know, drink your tea before it goes Stone Cold. And he literally, I mean, it's like in a bad musical. He just goes, what did you, yeah, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. And that was that riff again. She said, that's how it started, over a cup of tea. So a cup of tea, a British invention. (laughs) It's not. It's it's Indian and Chinese. It's Scottish McTea. (laughs) Peter McTea. Uh, Austin, after this, I mean, next WrestleMania, you will see him in the main event. Did he ever have as good a match as this one? No, mm. but he doesn't have bad matches at all right. through WrestleMania. Mm. And at the next one, I mean, I mean, he is he is the biggest star. He goes on to become a bigger star than Hulk Hogan. Nobody has made more money in mm. wrestling than Stone Cold Steve Austin. But isn't it weird that, like, from my perspective, his gimmick is, you know, key and fucking drinks and going, yeah. slamming, like, slamming brewskis and punching the boss. Yeah. In the, in the old... <laughs> I mean, I mean, in 1999, they, they do the Vince McMahon, the boss, versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And out of everyone, again, you watch this WrestleMania, you wouldn't go, the thing that will really draw in the crowds for the next two years will be that guy... 
uh, Chili McFreeze, Fang McFrost. <laughs> Fang McFrost. <laughs> will be Fang McFrost versus one of the commentators. Uh, yeah. And it will absolutely revolutionise the business. <laughs> so exciting. There's only so many times this business can be revolutionised. No, ever-changing no, business. Ever-changing business. Ever-changing business. It never stops. It yeah. never stops. No, we're, we're changing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> By talking about it. By making a length. list of wrestlers who I believe are guilty of sexual misconduct. <laughs> Billy <laughs> <Kelly> McFreeze. <laughs> Fang McFrost. Fang McFrost. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The ultimate warrior. Fuck it. I like the bit, there was a bit where um, uh, Brett goes to get a chair and he first selects the wrong, very much the wrong chair (laughs) because it's a big WrestleMania chunky chair. Right. And then he goes... Yeah, not that one. <laughs> and he picks up a blue chair that's a little lighter, let's say. A little lighter. A little lighter. Um, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a great match. I mean, yeah. Austin, again, says it's the greatest match of his career. Um, and what is unusual is they didn't go on to have very many more matches. What do you mean, as in... Because Bret Hart is gone within, what, ooh, seven months? Okay. He's gone to WCW, and their paths really never cross again. Mm. Um we are going to, as a result, because it's so important, I don't think after this one we're going to be doing a WrestleMania. Oh. I think we're going to be doing Survivor Series because oh. we are going to have to do the Montreal Screwjob. Yes. A key wrestling moment. Revolutionise the industry, don't you know? That's what I've heard. Well, you know it. I mean, if I've heard about it, 
I think it's probably important. It is. It is. <laughs> it is important. Um, the last thing we see is just the the cameraman is is zooming in on a pool of blood where Austin's head was, <laughs> yeah. and it's and, still. And Vin, and it's not even goes, like oh. oh, it's not like the canvas is even damp. No, it's got a pool of blood. It's sodden. Oh god, it's, it's sodden. Revolt- I, I, it's I, I like just... someone stabbed a ring, and it's a big <laughs> flat boy. <laughs> a big flat boy. The ring's a big flat boy. The ring's a big flat boy. Whoa! Uh, Have I ever had a ring character that's a ring? That's the ring. <laughs> Ring, the ring is the as, character. As big as the ring. I was like, they sort of go, oh yeah. At the end of the match, there's a big Royal Rumble, and then in the match, he goes, you have won. And they go, except you haven't, you have to fight the ring. And then you've got to beat the shit out of the ring. Hit it with a chair until it breaks. And you punch it, and the ring's just full of broken glass. Oh. <laughs> Clever ring. Oh, that was another good thing. Uh, uh, Austin's entrance, where where you've got a big black logo, black and white logo, and then then just glass everywhere. Oh, wow. All good. You know know he hates authority because he makes the boss get a new pane of glass every time he comes in. (laughs) And Brett has to walk through the broken glass. I I didn't get any of that. (laughs) I've got fireworks. (laughs) There is, is, and you see it later here, they bring Brett out at the end and they start giving him the gimmick of being a bitter and uh, ungrateful and angry man. And like a lot of wrestling gimmicks, it slowly became a bit true. Yeah. It was a bit sad, really. They put him in that thing and he didn't seem to be able to sort of pull out of it. Yeah. Um, Brett, Brett the shit, man. <laughs> Just shitty, whatever of shit. <laughs> Brett the shit, man, shark. Right. Nation of <laughs> Domination versus the Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson in a Chicago street fight. I have never seen the Nation of Domination turn up. Yep. They're, you know, a black power sort of Muslim brotherhood. They're like kind a of nation of Islam. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. um, I've never seen the crowd dislike something more. Oh. I'm I'm putting it down to racism. But do you know what? Do you know what? This was a funny gimmick because uh, I don't think any of the guys doing it were that keen on doing it. They felt, you know, why are we just all the black guys together? Yeah, except and, they weren't because Crush Brian Adams is back yeah. in another gimmick. I think, How many did he change his gimmick every week? What's What's funny about Brian Adams? He changed his gimmick. But he never changed his fucking name. <laughs> so in Demolition, he's Crush face paint then yeah. he comes back and like a Hawaiian guy I'm called Crush <laughs> then he comes back and like a biker with a tattoo I'm Crush well, you know that's not changing your fucking gimmick that's, you've, got different, you've got the wrong clothes on clothes have Brian Adams at least <laughs> no Brian that's Adam- very much been taken <laughs> <laughs> copyright issues um, I, I read a report saying um, cocaine and somas were the cocktail of the evening um, because Hawk and Ahmed Johnson both emerged with jelly legs while oh. Crush took his time executing nearly every move nice I will just point out Ahmed Johnson who is a uh, Live did not take any drugs. I don't think there's any reason to believe that. The other two definitely did. Because <laughs> they definitely, <laughs> they definitely did. Um, there's a nice thing, again, the Nation of Islam thing uh, that, that is so sort of toxic with the crowd. Mm. Um, they diffuse it by putting Crush in, who is white, and they have um, two rappers who yes. are actually wrestlers. They were um, a group called PG-13, smaller guys. <laughs> they were uh, J- Jamie Dundee, who was, I think, JC Ice, in this, and a guy called Wolfie D. Right. And I did like the fact that they sort of went, the hardest thing to find really would be two black rappers. <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla Ice has been quite big for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, perfectly serviceable rap, in yeah. fairness. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, Crush has now got a sort of facial tattoo as part of his, is, is this a new gimmick? I mean, it's barely. But, I mean, credits him. They also have a guy um, with them who's called Clarence Mason, who is a, a guy in a suit. he like a lawyer? He was based on Johnny Cochran from the OJ thing. Still with the OJ thing. I thought we dealt with this what last WrestleMania. Need a lawyer? I don't know. <laughs> and, and, going, and going Johnny Cochran. A street fight. But, but that thing of going, 
It's so important that we go, this is a lawless group who look very much like the Nation of Islam, and they've got a lawyer who's very much like the lawyer who has done some sort of black rights advocacy. It's very important we make it clear they are all horrible. What are you doing? Apparently Mason, uh, I read, came from Perry Mason. (laughs) And Clarence was another... another Clarence Darrow, is it, or something like that. They're they're famous judges. Man, oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Perry Mason wasn't a judge, was he? He was a... I thought, we're, okay, well, that's what I read. It, it, he yeah. could, could, he be could have been. Do you know what? I can't remember. No, I think, I think that's probably true. <laughs> Wrestling sometimes does that. They're quite lazy. It's one of these and one of those. That's done. That's uh, judgy. I still can't believe the ice man business. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I, mean, I mean, this match, in fairness, <laughs> fucking hell, you know, they've gone hard act to follow. Well, let's do it by just going out there and, and absolutely doing the same thing, being ridiculously aggressive. Throttling people. With oh, the- there's, <laughs> again, some horrible under, under overtones in this yeah. where there's a lot of black guys end up with a noose around them and Actually, even no, though it's another another African-American guy pulling on it it just there's something when I, I was, do you know what you don't, you don't see very noose. many nooses you don't need a noose you don't see, you don't very, see very many, many nooses there, no. there's, a, there's a situation where um, when I was cutting up the videos for the live show mm. there was a uh, there was a shot it was just a bit of um Lord Alfred Hayes, and he turned up to the... I can't remember which wrestlers were there. The Funk Ranch. With the Funk Ranch. Yeah, it's thing. Terry and Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> so they the were Double Cross Ranch. They were, having a, they were having a barbecue. They were having a cookout. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, <and> things spiral. <laughs> spiral. <laughs> and Lord Alfred Hayes ends up um, falling through a fence. He gets covered in barbecue sauce, and then he gets lynched. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, uh, what's his name? The Mouth of South. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart says he's going to... Uh, I, might, I might think about putting this noose round. Uh, uh, junkyard dog's neck the final oh. final end to that man or something like that and it's like oh, that's unnecessary Jimmy I yeah. don't like you as much anymore well yesterday uh, Slow Tards uh, was on Twitter who's Slow Tards bloke who wrote to Jimmy Hart I read somewhere you were appearing at a clan rally please tell me that's not true oh Jimmy Hart responded please I have never will never attend a clan meeting it was a fake account in my name it's a shame that people would do something like this. <laughs> That's uh, at, at real Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there we go. That's fine then. Yeah. What if it was a fake Jimmy Hart? And it was... <laughs> what if the real Jimmy Hart, the pink Jimmy Hart? Oh, no. The wow. heel has become the face. I, I, I mean, it's just as well Junkyard Dog is dead because if he was going to a clan meeting, we've, we've heard <laughs> in 1986 he was very keen to get his hands on JYD. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, this is, again, the effect that ECW has had on the WWF of the day. Um, there's, mm. there's some great bits. Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson come out and they all do a Black Power salute yeah. as well. Again, as if does, to sort does, of... Not a pop. No. <laughs> not a pop was heard. But are we trying to diffuse this and going, oh yeah, it's not racial because they also do the Black Power. I don't know what that was about. I, I think they're just still apologising for that Roddy Piper. <laughs> I like the fact as well that they come in and there's a plank and they've written LOD on it in pen. <laughs> like, like, hands off, keep off LOD's plank. <laughs> like you're going for a gang fight and you go, let's let's brand Make sure Because if at the end we lose some and you take some of ours <laughs> home, like, we'll have to meet up again and a fight will ensue. Animal, animal, have you got the big pen? Animal. <laughs> animal, have you got the, the bingo dobber? <laughs> Give me the bingo dobber. I need to write it on a two by four. Uh, Farouk here, who is the leader of the Nation of Domination, is uh, a guy called Ron Simmons, first African American WCW world he champion. He's cool. I like his, he I like is his uh, arms. Brilliant. You'll be pleased to know that he is still continually doing sort of like spots Smashing. here and there on WWE TV. Yeah. He says the word damn a lot, and uh, people <laughs> love that. But he is, he, he came up to WWE. They immediately stuck him in this weird gimmick where he had a sort of 
blue foam gladiator outfit on <laughs> and you could just see him going oh what the fuck have I walked into and then they were like hey would you like to be essentially Louis Farrakhan he's like yes yes anything at this stage and they give that to him he got injured quite badly in this match there's a bit where he is pretending to literally anything I know we got the dick sucker yeah, yeah. fuck it yeah, that'll go down well down well in the south yeah fine dick what sucker a, what, a, what about the, um, the, the the child boy squasher <laughs> yeah I'll have it mate yeah I mean genuinely ring fucker juncture. ring fucker I'll be the ring fucker I'll do anything I just want to not be the gladiator anymore. what about fish weasel yeah <laughs> Mate, what part of I will do anything, don't you understand? If you want me to be Fish Weasel, I'll be fucking Fish Weasel. Um, right. There are so many possible titles for this show, for this episode. Fish Weasel. But in this one, uh, Farouk, he gets pulled out of the ring um, as he's trying to hang Hawk from the Legion of Doom. Yeah. And the, Hawk pulls him and he just flies out of the ring and he actually injured himself very badly. Oh. Damaged his shoulder, there was broken ribs. I think he, it, there was rumours he punctured his lung. Bloody hell. And he he still gets up and then you notice when you know he's really hurt you go oh god I hope he's alright and then you go oh my god he's getting back in the ring and everyone else from the Nation of Domination has disappeared and he ends up taking about three minutes worth of just moves of everyone you go god he's literally dying and you can see as he's getting up he's like bits of me aren't working Got to keep going. Got to keep going. Robocop when he's yeah. fucked. His yeah. vision's all funny and there's writing going, yeah. cannot find yeah. sub, sub 22, routine, 14, 7, <laughs> crisis, critical, critical. <laughs> Fish weasel, Fish weasel. <laughs> Fish weasel, critical. Yeah, he was, he was in a bad way. But, um, uh, 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 you know, actually, I mean, these guys were put in a terrible spot before the main event and mm. after the hottest match on the thing. Yeah. And actually, they just continued it, Right. that violence mm. it's a violent match <laughs> yeah, and the really violence is. is there's a bit you know they, they have a sort of like um you know a, a fire extinguisher goes off mm. and that's normally a funny spot and it's not that funny in this because everyone is just smashing each other all around while it's going on <laughs> everyone's and it, got open wounds it looks chaotic and frightening and there's loads of people on the outside of the ring uh, D'Lo Brown is one of the sort of suited unidentified mm. members of the Nation of Islam he's getting involved Na- Nation of Domination but actually he's not actually in the Nation of Islam and <laughs> it is it is just chaotic there's, there's a little bit just before Farouk is injured where Animal from the Road Warriors goes to pile drive him on the French announcer's table and he it's it's too close to the edge and he sort of goes i can't do this without hurting him (laughs) so he sort of flops off and it doesn't look great and within 15 seconds ahmed johnson is literally pushing fruit through the table at 100 miles an hour so (laughs) that moment of going oh that was good he didn't do that because i might have got hurt (laughs) it's just astonishing there's a a monitor involved on point oh Oh, god God, yeah yeah. they don't move the monitors off the table this is the era as well where the spanish announce table becomes very famous because it becomes that thing of everyone goes through it and the spanish announce table is you know a running thing also what you get here is those metal bins which are absolutely symptomatic in wrestling for the next 10 years right you see them in every single hardcore match. Those perfect thin <laughs> metal so thin, bins, but also like, well, I mean, it must be, it must have some heft to it because they've made it out of metal. <laughs> they've made it out of aluminium, and you don't waste aluminium. <laughs> <laughs> we, you see, we don't have stuff like that because we don't have the ability. 
to do good particular craftsmanship in this country. <laughs> so our ones would be lumpy, misshapen. Sula. Sula bins. I mean, I remember bloody plastic bins, like the ones you used to have outside your house, yeah. that were made of this thick, really rough, sort of industrial plastic. <laughs> yes. And they weighed more than if they were metal. Do you remember them? We'd have those. And you basically hit someone and they go, oh, he's next fuck now. Did you have those ones that they were... I presume they started life as barrels, but you'd have them in, like, nurseries. We had a lot of nursery. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were just... They had an open top and an open bottom as well. But you just sort of roll around in them. They were really dangerous. <laughs> Maybe it was just the school, the nursery that I went to. We did we, used to, know, we did used to have, barrels. like, a little uh, a kid's playground, and it just <laughs> consisted of old sewer pipes that they <laughs> cemented into the floor. And then they were... You'd, you'd, yeah, you'd just crawl through them, yeah. Yeah, and they'd go, be st- and they'd puddle. There'd always be a puddle in the middle of like, a puddle. Oh, and it would always... Fun. It, always smell of men's piss. <laughs> Fucking men. <laughs> Not kids. Kids' piss doesn't smell. Fucking <laughs> men's piss. Some bloke doubled over. I don't know. How are he covering his fucking own legs? Man, <laughs> furious about it still to this day. Oh, oh wow. Uh, just after uh, <laughs> we get to the, the main event and just after the... Sorry, just before uh, the match starts, Bret Hart comes out. Yes. And Shawn Michaels is coming out to do commentary. And what they basically do is they go to Bret Hart, oh, yeah, you know all those things that you say and you think when you're not on TV? Just come and say them on TV. (laughs) And your character from now on is you. And so he comes out and he says all the things that he believes. So he says, you know, there you are with your knee injury. Yep, you're a phony little faker. Take your pussyfoot industry, go find your smile, he says, referencing the the, uh, losing your smile speech that Shawn Michaels did when he retired. And Shawn Michaels, of course, he knows he's sitting there with a microphone, so he just gets to sit there silently just going, "Uh, he's a (laughs) crybaby. And that was the real real stuff coming to the, the, the top. Right. In a way... All the seeds that you see for the Montreal Screwjob are being laid here. Mm. They've said to Bret Hart, just open up, do a bit of reality. You don't like it, make it clear. Yeah. And this is all leading to just something toxic and explosive. Wow. Proper thrilling. <laughs> um, Sid Vicious. Uh, oh, God, I always get that wrong. Who? <laughs> uh, WWF champion Sid versus The Undertaker. Psycho Sid. Now, what's that spelling about with the word oh, psycho? awful. Why have they awful. done that? Awful. Is it, it's just, I mean, at best is the SS. <laughs> you've, t- you've taken the payoff there for no good reason. Oh, you should see the new Trent Seven T-shirt, by the way. Sorry, who's Trent Seven? Trent Seven, British wrestler. Right, really good, yeah. fantastic guy from the Black Country. Mm. Really, really talented in NXT. He's released a new T-shirt. Mm. It's a stripy thing, yeah. and it has a seven built in. Right, and the confl- conflation of oh. the lines and where the seven goes yeah. makes it look like the top quarter is just at the SS logo. Oh, it's very unfortunate. No, that is unfortunate. Uh, unless it was meant, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd still be unfortunate. It, but well, you know, I'm angry. Quite popular around about this time, well, isn't you, it? You'd probably sell more than you do the bloody I'm a Lord Alfred Hayes guy <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> I'm a big Nazi. <laughs> Hello. I'm awful, like modern people don't, are. Don't clip this. <laughs> don't, clip, don't clip that bit, please. Um, Sid has... I know you hate him, and he is eminently hateful. <laughs> he is so bad. He has a really rare record in that he uh, was an active performer at two WrestleManias, right. and he was in the main event of both. He He's never been in anything but a WrestleMania main event. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Never, never had an undercard. Never match. earned it. Never Amazing. earned it. The shit. Nope. Um, uh, do you want to hear some good Sid Vicious stories? Um, well, I think you've trailed that he shits himself in yep. this one. Yay! Yep. We'll get there. <laughs> First one is he used to have a pet squirrel, um, and right, that is the actions of a. <laughs> A deficient mind. Some of the rest, someone who belongs on the outskirts of <laughs> society. Some of the rest have said to him, 
I bet you can't put that squirrel in your underpants for one minute. And he was like, I bet I can. And they were like, give it a go then. After 40 seconds, the squirrel bit into his ball sack. He had to have stitches and a rabies shot. (laughs) Nobody wants to be in your pants, Sid. He once got into a fight with the wrestler Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, uh, smaller than Sid. They were doing a uh, WCW feud together. And uh, Brian Pillman was uh, famously a tough guy. Mm. And Sid and he got into an argument because Sid was saying, this is what we're going to do in the programme, I'm going to do this. And Brian Pillman was a bit like, you know, um, stuff it up your arse, mate. Yeah. You know, stuff it up your squirrel bit Put dick. It, <laughs> um, Put it where the squirrel don't shine. And so uh, Sid Vicious and Brian got into a pushing match and Sid Vicious went out furious to go and get the nearest thing he could to a weapon to come back in and beat Brian Pillman up with it. But the place they were drinking, they went outside and there was only a gas station, which was shut. So uh, Sid Vicious stormed back into the bar carrying a big squeegee. (laughs) (laughs) Did he win? No. No. I think it diffused it there. Right. And the other one is a story that I've been waiting to tell for ages. Okay. Which is a British wrestling story. Yay! Um, Sid uh, was on the WCW uh, tour, and they were in Blackburn. Right. And this is in 1993, October 93. Can you sum up Blackburn to people who aren't from um, the UK? Uh, it's Reet Lovely, <laughs> Mid Duck. <laughs> that's sort of it, isn't it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know Blackburn very well. No. I know Manchester and I know Leeds, mm. and it's sort of like in the middle of the two. Is it? Or is I it above really, Manchester? I thought it was like to the west. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know where Blackburn is. We shouldn't really Blackburn? have got into a big competition Sorry. about let's identify just, Blackburn. Just, yeah. I only know I, the football team. If anyone wants to know what Knightsbridge is like, I've been there a few <laughs> times, so that might help. Actually, speaking of Blackburn, um, Sid Vicious does look a bit like the football. Colin Hendry. I think he also looks like the musical theatre star Michael Crawford, who uh, yes. now not when he was not not when he was Ooh Betty. Um, <laughs> Ooh squeegee. <laughs> the Sid's done a whoopsie in his pants at WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> Vincent and a whoopsie and put me in the main event again. It didn't work last time. It's shit. They, they, do you know what? The funny thing is, whenever they bring Sid in, and they brought him in at the last WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, yeah. and they really just brought him in going, who can Diesel face? Oh, mm. we'll get Sid in, mm. and he'll do it. And they were like, it wasn't supposed to be anything, but the crowds love him. Right. I don't know. There's something about the way he looks. and then He is very he is very important. He looks massive and guy. great, Big violent, guy. and mm. then he isn't. It's yeah. uh, But in, in Blackburn, in October, 93 mm. uh, Sid is drinking with uh, all of the WCW wrestlers they're doing a British tour right and uh, they are travelling much too much they're going from like Dublin all the way they're getting on a coach I don't think there's like they're not doing internal flights right. so they are all of them being put on a coach yeah. the food is not coming at the right times but mm. because it's Britain there's always booze laid on <laughs> so they are getting drunk and tired and a bit mad and they've been on the road for a while and they are drinking in a bar and Arn Anderson and Sid end up having a bit of a sort of moan about the business. Yeah. And they're going, why, you know, why aren't we making proper decent money? And Sid ends up telling Arn Anderson, they begin sort of, they're both a bit, a bit pissed. He begins going, it's because of Ric Flair, your mate, who is sitting at the top and he's stopping all of us earning good money. Mm. And it gets more and more heated mm. and they go to bed 
you know, not together. <laughs> it's not not heated in that way. <laughs> I'm really cross with you. I think I know what this is about. <laughs> anyway, I, they... I know what's in your pan. It's either shit or squirrels, mate. <laughs> or squirrel shit. I mean, both is challenging, but I'll give it a I'll go. I'll work around it. <laughs> so they, 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 they end up having like a bit of a contretemps and, right. and they end up throwing, I think Arn Anderson throws a beer bottle at Sid as he's going to bed. Um, <laughs> and they, they have an argument and thing. And I think Arn Anderson's Stops waving a broken beer bottle around, going, yeah. "Yeah, you fucking want some of that." So Sid goes back to his room and he says, "I sat there." He said, and "I ate a bit of my sandwich." <laughs> in fact, they've got them sandwiches. He's in the hotel room and he goes, "No, fuck it. I'm not going to have fucking Arn Anderson threaten me with a beer bottle. Fuck him." Arn Anderson's the dad that I like. Yeah, everyone oh, loves Arn Anderson. Awesome. It's unusual to hear Arn Anderson being a bit of an arsehole right. here. Um, but Sid goes, "I know what I'll do." He says, "I'm going to smash up this hotel chair." I'm going to go to Arn Anderson's room, and when he opens it, I'm going to dent his head with this like leg of a chair that I've just broken. So he goes, "Yeah, this." Surely, is- surely Arn Anderson would hear this. They're on. I think they're on different floors. <laughs> this is absolutely true. So I think the only person who is awake at this point... opening a lift door, seeing Sid <laughs> with a There's leg. Some such good stuff. There's, I think, <laughs> Two Cold Scorpio, who we mentioned in, in yes. the first episode of this WrestleMania, who's Flash Funk. He's on that tour as well. And I think he's up. And he says, the reason I'm up is I am smoking some amazing weed. He said, I'm, I'm in deep weed. That's where you go, black man, isn't it? In the deep weed. <laughs> so Sid goes down the hotel corridor with the broken hotel leg of the chair that he's taken out <laughs> and he knocks on Arn Anderson's door and he's like I was just going to smack him in the head a few times <laughs> anyway what happens is the sort of thing you uh, genuinely think like you could kill a man like yeah. that you could literally oh, entirely. kill a man oh Pete it gets so much worse <laughs> it gets so much worse what happens is Sid gets there starts smashing on the door and then no one's quite sure what happens but Sid doesn't get to use the chair leg because right. when the police investigate later <laughs> there's no blood on it right? right so Sid is at the door and he looks down and he sees a pair of scissors are sticking out of his stomach <laughs> and Arn Anderson has stabbed him four times <laughs> And he says, I don't know what happened after that. And Arn Anderson has since talked about it and said, I don't know what happened after that. But Two Cold Scorpio, <laughs> Flash Funk, does know what happens after that. Okay. He said, I came down into the hall because I heard all this noise. He said, I thought it was Vader or someone. He said, but I, I, I walked past Vader's room and I could hear him snoring. He said, and I got there. He said... <laughs> it's like a cartoon. I know. It's like scooby know. do. And he said... Oh, God. He, he, he got to the, 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 the corridor and he said, Sid Vicious was just stabbing Arn Anderson again and again and again and again. He said he was kicking him in the face. He said and there was a point where he looked at Arn Anderson and Arn Anderson's nose had done a 180 and was facing upwards, right? <laughs> it's such a fucking mental right. thing. Um, it, look, where else in the world would they not need medical insurance? Well, God bless the NHS. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, all right? Oh, Sid Vicious has got the fucking scissors. This is too cold. And got Arn Anderson by the hair. Not much hair. And he's booting him in the fucking face, stabbing him with the scissors every which way. Arn Anderson got blood spitting out of him like a horror movie. And shit, man, I see Sid kicking Arn Anderson's nose and it does a 180 turn straight the fuck up and shit. I'm like, damn. Sid then this says... This is some strong, huge, sticky weed. <laughs> Sid says, at one point, I just look down and I hear Arn Anderson say, man, you're fucking killing me. And he goes... Oh my god, what am I doing? What am I doing? So, uh, Too Cold jumps in, pushes them apart. Arn Anderson just falls against the wall, and they look at him and they are like, I think he's probably dead. Sid 
is moving. By this time, Vader has got up. <laughs> and Vader looks out of the door and he says, Sid is walking towards him. And he said, it wasn't, he was doing like a like shuffling monster walk. <laughs> oh he said, God. there's not like blood dripping out of him. He said, it was spurting out. And this is Vader. <laughs> It was coming out, uh, it had a little power to it, the blood. It was coming out about an inch from his belly, but it was pouring out. And I remember I grabbed his back and I stuck my thumb in the hole. I didn't know what else to do. I just stuck it in there and it stopped the bleeding or drastically slowed it down. So Vader has tackled him to the floor, put his thumb in one of the wounds. Sid is now spitting blood. His stomach is like just spurting out. So... It's gone mad. It's gone mad. <laughs> They're both taken to hospital. They're both patched up. At one point, someone comes in and says to Sid, um, Arn Anderson's absolutely fine. There's not a mark on him. And he goes, what the, the fucking bastard? Right? And then they go, oh, actually, no, sorry. There's been a mistake. He's, he's very seriously injured. And he was like, oh, that's, that's a relief. No, I mean relief. But, you know, like that. They basically, he says, I don't want to press charges because he's my friend. Um, and Arn Anderson sort of goes, it was just a misunderstanding. And amazingly... How, how do you walk back from that? Amazingly... The, uh, he, That's uh, a tense WhatsApp conversation. The British police basically say to them, you guys um, go back to America today then? And they sort of go, yeah, I suppose we probably should, shouldn't we? And they went, yeah, you know, best for everyone. <laughs> and that's how they dealt with it. They just went, on you go, lads. Look, get, get on the plane. Get on, uh, get, get, I want your body, it's just been punctured, to be oh. highly pressurised <laughs> for seven hours. The, uh, the funniest thing about it is Sid is, this is a, a thing he said relatively recently. He said... Of all the people in the world, Arn was the last person I would, and I wouldn't want to do that to anybody, but he would be the last person in the world I'd want it to It was hurt. literally the first Sid. <laughs> it was the first person you did it to. He'd been good to me as a person. <laughs> face to face, he was always a gentleman. <laughs> I later asked them, what does Arn say about it? Everyone said Arn said he was so fucked up he can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to Arn Anderson ends up, he gets 20 stab wounds to his chest. Right. Sid Vicious has got four stab wounds. And oh, the, it, again, it's seismic because WCW, <laughs> there's a, a bit of a revolt where people go, we, we're not going to work. Arn Anderson had a lot of friends. And they yeah. were like, you know, this guy, he came in to kill Arn. Arn was doing self, you know, self-defense with some scissors. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you have to sack him. Sid Vicious was all lined up to beat Vader at Starcade, the big WCW show, yeah. in 1993 to become the champion. In the end, they fired him. So Ric Flair ended up taking that spot when he came back from his first run in the WWF, and it made him a huge star. It was a really important sort of emotional right. match. Did WCW a lot of favours in a way that it probably wouldn't have done had Sid been there. Yeah. They have this match. This match is typical Sid. It's not very good. It's, you know, he tries. It's just very, very boring. Undertaker's interesting in this. He's working a lot harder. Mm. He's having his best match at WrestleMania up to date mm. he's just got faster and more aggressive he's yeah. dropped all of the sort of monstery stuff he's also got a tear tattooed on his eye which I th- doesn't that mean you've killed someone yeah I, I, mean, had, I had a look at the there was very few wrestler deaths in 1997 <laughs> so it, it could be the veteran bulldog Bob Brower right okay I think it was more likely to be the entertaining Chris Farley <laughs> <laughs> they hang out a lot. Oh, wow. Um, last bit about that match, which is, I mean, you know, it's not really even worth going through. After the two matches that preceded it, mm. it dies a death. Yeah. Although the crowd do really pop when Undertaker wins the belt. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, on the Tombstone Pile Drive that Undertaker gives, uh, the, the urban legend is that uh, Sid shat himself. 
Um, oh, in his face? Yeah. Presumably, yeah. yeah. Undertaker apparently said <laughs> it really stank when I did that. And I, whether that has no, become a thing where they just go... you don't want the Undertaker... Well, Undertaker's buying into the, uh, buying into the myth. But, I mean, yeah, you still don't want the Undertaker admitting that he'd smell like poopies. No, but then again, Undertaker also doesn't do interviews, so it mm. could be attributed to him and it's uh, yes. not true at all. I, I did actually, you know, crazy, isn't it? I did watch is, is to that... see if his <laughs> Sid's face went funny. Like, he was like, what the fuck's going on? No, nothing. No, no, no point. no. Uh, there, there are. Could he a not, of... He's still alive. Could he not pinpoint the exact moment where you know he felt that things weren't going <laughs> very well for him? There's. Um, I have got two stories. There are two confirmed wrestlers shitting themselves stories. Okay. Yeah, um, in in matches. Yeah. Uh, there is. Uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning once crapped under the ring, but it was a sort of joke. Um, wrestling. A joke. Poo. A quality business. A joke. Poo. Um, uh, in Japan, Andre the Giant mm. uh, had terrible diarrhoea in a six-man match, and oh, he uh, he actually he, can, uh, he could probably boo for six men. Well, he he sat and shat on uh, Bad News Brown's head <laughs> oh, while no. they were in the corner. Bad it just news, came out. And Bad News Brown is not a man to be trifled with. No, <laughs> and he also had problems with Andre before. Oh yeah, he did because he yes. said, said a racist. Andre joke, was didn't he? Andre was racist and uh, well, wouldn't he, back he, down. He's European. Uh, John Cena also <laughs> noticed in a WWE magazine interview. In 2008 that he was actually feeling very sick during a match he had with Scott Steiner in Winnipeg mm. and he had food poisoning and he went underneath the ring at one point just so he could be sick uh, but while he was being sick he also shat his pants oh <laughs> his, um, his cut-offs his, 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 his jeans. jorts. His jorts. Sweet jorts. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, Sid actually just retired. Uh, he went to, to the independent circuit for a mm. few years. Mm. He was uh, had a, re- a bit of a reputation for not turning up. There was one promoter I read about in 2012 who had, Sid had no-showed the, uh, the event, so he rang Sid in front of the audience to show that he was legitimately had booked him and was leaving a message to say you are so unprofessional and then he gave every single person in the audience Sid's mobile phone number so they could harass him over the coming months and years Um, and he had his last match in 2017 uh, he took on Paul Rosenberg and defeated him. He can't be that old, can he? I've seen no, pictures of him. He doesn't look massively he's, different. He is. He is. I mean, he is still a big lad. Mm. He doesn't. He's not one of those guys who looks very, very different from how mm. he did in his heyday. He's really recognisable. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he was. He was never a fan of wrestling. Was his big thing. Mm. He liked softball. Was his, right. was his was his sport. And he liked hunting. And mm. really, wrestling was just a thing where whatever he did, the promoters threw so much money at him, mm. and he just didn't really care about it. And that's fine. He made a lot of money. Mm. It's a shame that there are some people in the in the wrestling industry who had the uh, the gifts that he had, mm. and then really did nothing with it. it seems when, a bit of a shame. When did he break his leg? I think he broke his leg at some point. Uh, that was uh, two thousand. Uh, I think two thousand. Yes, that wasn't WCW. WCW. Oh right. Okay. No, that's no. Gone, gone after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's disgusting. That clip. Well, I don't like um, when people roll their ankles because um, I do it. I used to do it because we used to live quite close to each other, and mm. in between our houses was the Ghanaian High Embassy. Yeah, high, the cobbles. High consulate on those cobbles. Every time I used to walk and up from your house, it's an uphill cobble <laughs> or a downhill. <laughs> Cobble. Either way, it's not good. Ugh. And I always used to roll my ankle. I just used to do it every time I came home from yours drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, so I don't like anything ankly. Yeah. And my mate Craig sent me, <laughs> he said, when we, before we did the live show, he said, break a leg, and sent me an animated gif, and I could see it was Sid, and I knew he broke his leg, so I didn't watch it. I said, Craig, I'm not pressing play on that gif. I so like your you. unwitting tribute to Sid, <laughs> to Sid, when you'd walk back from my house and you'd roll your ankle on those cobbles and shit yourself. <laughs> How little you knew you were paying tribute to one of the greats. After I'd been stabbed by you. 
Oh, wow. I mean, there's a lot in that. Like, I, I, you know, sometimes we start these um, shows and I'm like, I'm gonna, are we going to get two out of this? You know it. Incredible. Well, thank God we hit that Fang McFreeze vein. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God Arn Anderson didn't hit a more serious vein on, his, uh, on the person he was fighting with. Uh, yes. Ooh, oh, well, we're going to wow. be wrestling. No, we're not going to be WrestleMania 14. Wrestling no, 14. we're going to be doing Survivor Series 1997. Let's take a sojourn. We are doing the Montreal Screwjob. And as Ooh. part of my research, I will be looking for a certain film. Oh. Yeah. Which film? It's a porno based on it, and I don't know whether oh, it actually yes, got made, right, yes. but it's called the it's called the fuck job. <laughs> the Montreal yeah. fuck job. And I have, I have got a, uh, a picture of the two ladies who take the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels roles. Oh. So at least I know it got that far. <laughs> <laughs> Casting. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if they've been cast, they've filmed it. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. See you next week. Take care, Bye. ladies. Bye. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> and Arn Anderson. <laughs> He's still there, isn't he? He is. Yay. <laughs> Woo! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.